All right. Well, hello, everyone. That's Pineapple Freak, and I'm here with radio and a returning guest today um, for another bonus episode that we're doing uh, before we actually officially start the season. We have now done two episodes that were not planned before the season started because of just crazy stuff going on in the world. Um, so today, we I want to start off by saying that None of us on this podcast are medical professionals. Um, so none of our, our discussions today on this topic are coming from a professional level, but we did th we thought that we could probably give a good sort of perspective on what's going on in the world, as well as some personal experiences that might be useful for our listeners. Um, so in light of the COVID-19 pandemic and um, for anyone listening who doesn't know what's going on, it is a global pandemic now with the coronavirus that started in China and it's gone through most countries and is making an impact in pretty much every country um, throughout the world now. And there has been just a plethora of discussions about the idea of social distancing that has evolved into extreme social distancing, um, basically urging everyone to stay in your stay in your apartment, stay in your house. Um, limit your exposure to other people so that we could stop the spread of this disease. Um, and because of that, we thought we would make an episode on the topic of loneliness because it's something that radio, myself, and our guests today have all struggled with. And it's also something that we, that radio and myself recently discussed outside of just the context of what's going on with a global pandemic. I think part of it is that we're living in a world that's more connected than ever with social media and the internet, but it seems that we kind of feel, we end up feeling lonelier than ever, even though we have all these forms of, of connecting with people. Um, and I think it's just the way that we communicate, the tactics that we employ, and sort of what we do present to others online that kind of creates these feelings of loneliness. So today we wanted to explore the topic in a couple different ways. And we kind of, I broke it down into two points that we wanted to focus on, which is why do we experience loneliness in spite of almost constant communication with others throughout our day, both offline and online? And then what can we do to maybe counteract this and find peace in, in what is now predominantly digital age? So, um, starting off, I want to introduce our guests. So, I'm here with Radio, but I'm also here with Defer. Um, hello, Defer. Thanks for joining us for this topic today. Hey, thanks for having me on again, I guess. Yeah, again, yeah. I can say. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's funny because we will be releasing this before we release the episode that we did with you <laughs> back in like November. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's funny how that works out. But um, obviously, you know, when we when we were on Fellows in Arms together, we talked a lot about just sort of like both like your experience with loneliness and mine. And I thought that it'd be good to have your perspective on the show um, we're talking about today. Um, and then so starting off, I did want to make like one sort of distinction that I thought was important to talk about, which was the difference between like isolation and loneliness, because 
I felt like there's a difference that is worth mentioning and sort of isolation is sort of like a self-initiated um, experience of just you being alone and it's done in a way that distance yourself from others. And it's not necessarily something that's like forced on you or it's not necessarily something that has negative emotions with it, but rather like loneliness, which is identified of like the, the feeling of emptiness, feeling alone, feeling unwanted. And I, I think that because COVID-19 is forcing people to uh, into isolation, it's going to lead to loneliness, right? And we don't obviously know how long this pandemic is going to last, how long people are going to want, need to be isolated from others. But I think that we're going to experience like a lot of loneliness and, and it's just going to be really difficult. So starting out, I guess, um, so Radio and I in the States, we've talked a lot about what's going on here and talking about like the measures that are being taken in the US, like quarantining, shutting off public services, possibly limiting social gatherings. So defer what has been going on in, in Sweden right now with, with what you've been experiencing and, and how's it impacted you? It's been very interesting. I think uh, I, I think this last, this Monday, like earlier this week, uh, people were still joking about the virus. Like I could hear people talking about it on the streets on the way to work. I could hear it at work and also in the group that I was in and, you know, on social media and stuff like that. But um, then I think now this Tuesday to Wednesday, just a day later, everything kind of just switched and people, you can kind of feel it in their behavior and how they talked that everything started to feel like this just got serious. Um, and uh, I think a, a day later than that, the Thursday, pretty much all the big companies in Stockholm uh, closed down their offices and people started working from uh, home. So the switch was almost instant. It felt like only a day it went from, you know, people joking about it. Another day people are at home already. So now we've been, yeah, now it's been a few days of people working from home. And I mean, we're behind in the sense that this is something that's already been um, affecting so many people around the world. So it's almost like we're behind in some sense in experiencing this, which is really odd in that sense too, because we've heard about the the worries and people running out of toilet paper and saying, yeah, that won't happen to us. And then just a week later, we're in the same seat as everyone else. Uh, and uh, I think, especially for Sweden, people um, were underestimating a lot of things that is happening. So uh, I think we got hit a bit harder than even uh, the other countries in Scandinavia or the Nordic part of Europe. So I think we had this illusion of that we were safe. So we got even hit even harder, but we, we don't really know how it to what extent yet. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think from what I, I can gather um in sweden and other countries over in europe um it seems to me that we're in a very similar place with the stage of the virus that we're in right now where we have we have a couple hundred or a couple thousand um quote unquote confirmed cases of the disease and we're seeing the more widespread of it now so we are seeing like work shutting down to for people to work from home and while we don't really want to make the, the discussion today just on COVID-19, it is worth mentioning like the effects that it's having on, on the world 
currently. We're recording this on March 14th, which is a Saturday. So obviously every day has been sort of this whirlwind and it's been a like a barrage of just insane news across the board. And I think you make a really good point. It like seeing what's gone on in China where it started or South Korea or Italy, which has been having a real struggle right now. It's almost like looking into the future for us of like you know, oh, this is what this is what can happen in a couple weeks of, of the disease spreading and what we can look forward to or like, obviously not look forward to, but see what it's going to be like. And that and that can be very concerning. And I think that um, and Mike, I think what it, what should be said about it, if we don't want to talk too much about the, the disease itself, is that it's not necessarily an issue of the disease being so deadly that it's going to kill everyone that it, that gets it. It's an issue of overwhelming the healthcare systems with so many cases at once that they can no longer adequately provide the, the service that people need to, to get through the disease. Because there are instances where you do need medical attention for this, right? Um, so that's that's kind of the issue, and that's why I think social distancing and taking these precautions um, as we can is going to help it, but it obviously is going to create a lot of isolation that people just aren't used to. You know, like I'm I'm working from home now. My my company said um, working from home until further notice, uh, at least until the end of the March, uh, end of March could be longer. Um, and it is going to create this dynamic where I know I think all three of us are introverts and we're kind of used to that. But obviously there's so many people that are extroverts that are used to being out all the time that are now going to be at home and they're going to be like, what do I do now? You know? Mm, yeah, um, for sure. So uh, I, I'll go ahead. No, I was, I was just thinking about the, the part you said about the isolation and loneliness. And I feel like they're almost... Uh, two sides of the same coin in that sense uh, like the isolation part is the kind of walls that you have either physically or mentally while loneliness can be more of the existential part of how you actually think about the situation at large um, but yeah for sure it's something that is affecting us differently too and uh, I think the, the interesting part is talking how as you said uh, how people react to it being an introvert, <laughs> uh, trying to hide it as much as I can, but um, it's everyone acts differently, and also within the cultures that it's been affecting. Yeah, exactly. It's it's wild, and I mean, the U.S. like it's we it's a culture where I mean, uh, yeah, you have people everywhere, and they're used to going out like every day to to restaurants, bars, whatever, and it's it's just and now that dynamic has changed so drastically and i think the the feelings of loneliness are going to hit people really hard because you know even if you're trapped inside you know in your apartment house uh socially distancing yourself with family i think that the, the, like you know i i'm married obviously both radio and myself are married we still experience loneliness even even with another person there because it still is just sort of that that feeling that like you're alone. Um, you you just can't go out and see your friends, and you know obviously one person or a, a handful of people like your family is probably not enough to keep. Like you need more than that in your life. You know you need multiple people to help you support. You know help help you get through things. You need your friends. You need your family. And now it's like we can't do that anymore. Hmm. Um, and I think it's weird. Oh, go ahead. 
No, I, I'm just thinking about the, the part you said about being alone. And I think loneliness almost becomes like a side effect from that, since uh, being alone doesn't necessarily being lonely. But uh, and it's it almost feels like a behavior you have you have to train to like learn how to handle in the same way for some people they have to learn how to be social some people have to learn to be alone <laughs> and how to, <laughs> how to behave in that sense and exactly uh, which is the weirdest thing ever now since we're more connected than anything being exactly you know. yeah that's the strangest part is like over this past week i have probably seen and talked to like at work we talk about the COVID 19 things and what's going on i constantly have seen so much news on what's going on in the world with this disease like i have I've been technically more connected to other people than I ever have probably in my life right now. But yet you still feel so alone and like lonely from what's going on. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to, to make this uh, topical episode on is the fact that not just with COVID-19, but in general, we are more connected to our friends and strangers online and we're constantly in communication with people, but yet you still just end up feeling lonely right um so so radio uh, uh, your take you know what why do you think that might be the case and why do you think we've still experienced loneliness in in an era where we're so connected i love how you know that i am definitely the the person who waits for the conversation <laughs> in before i talk <laughs> because that's what i do every time i'm like okay now i can talk <laughs> he's like here you go radio hey i i, I love to give you the floor because i know that this the best way that it works for us <laughs> it really do be like that um so to basically summarize a little bit I, I feel strongly about what both of you said i feel like uh whenever it comes to loneliness it is more of a, more or less something that you can feel rather than something that is a fact like wherever it comes to with isolation isolation you know that you are alone yeah and there's there's nothing you can do about it that's it's just your walls are there and there's no one there with you um so there's there's that but on top of that on top of of um what isolation can be to some people i feel like the majority of it it can be just loneliness before isolation um okay in the sense that um loneliness is something that we tend to find I'm trying to i've been trying to figure out how to put this in words for hmm. while you guys were talking I would, uh, well, well, so me chiming in, I would just say that it's still very easy to feel like, like I feel lo like a lot of loneliness will stem from from you feeling like others don't understand you or they can't relate to you, right? Because like you can talk to people all day, but I think you feel lonely when you realize that the people around you, even your friends and family, don't truly understand what's going on in your head, what you're going through, or the feelings you're having. So you can easily feel lonely while being connected. And I think that's even more present in a digital age because you might talk to so many people, but it, it seems to only be maybe surface level or not like cutting down to like the real nit and gritty of what is actually going on in your life and what's impacting you. And I think that that's where it stems, like it's, it's the worst. That's, that's exactly it. So I, like think about it like this. Uh, think about all the people that you know, and then think about the people that you can really talk to the people you wish you can also talk to but you you know you can't really do that for me there is three people in my life currently that i can go to, that i do talk to 
talk about deep discussions, talk about everything going about in my life. But I think it's also lifestyle. I don't have time for anybody else. I don't have the ability. Like if you think about our our work style, it doesn't really help support us have relationships. It's it almost feels like a survival mode in a way. But um, and we can touch on that in a little bit. But uh, I I feel like um, for the most part, I wish I could have more conversations like that with everybody. But where and when, how? Exactly. Yeah. And I know for all three of us now being in like the the adult working force and we'll kind of get into this now is that you just you obviously you don't. Yeah, you don't have time to talk to many people on that level. Like you have your um, interactions at work. And because that's a work environment, you typically don't want to like reveal all the personal struggles that you might be having or things that are going on in your life. You kind of keep that into a certain compartment. But then like when it comes down to it, you don't have that much time in your day or you're even on your weekends to do things with your with the people that you care about. So for me, for instance, I have several friends that are either from high school or college or friends that I've been that I've had for a decade or longer. But it but I only get to maybe talk to them every month or every couple months. Like it's like your relationships get so disjointed as your responsibilities grow into adulthood that it's really I find it hard to connect to people that I haven't been able to talk to for like a couple months, even if we've been friends for a very long time. It's like the like you said, radio, the people that I think that I can relate to and talk to about anything at any given moment are probably two or three people. Yeah, I think uh, one one important. Sorry if I cut you off there, Uh, but just um, uh, also that that part of being connected through people, mostly through work. Uh, I think it's interesting because since you don't really have time to be with people uh, away from, well, work for most people, uh, is that you feel this, uh, most people at least from my, one of my experiences, that you feel guilt for actually not maintaining those uh, connections. It is something that you have to uh, maintain to kind of stay connected with people. But uh, for me, I've also felt this like immense guilt of not being able to keep those connections going. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, you, you have to set aside time for that. But it's almost, it almost feels like um, you're time managing your private life in that sense, and <laughs> it almost becomes more depressing because uh, you're like, okay, I'm gonna have this many hours for this person on this date, uh, and it's like, are we really just hanging out in that sense? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's. I feel like there's a different challenge that of just maintaining that, but also uh, the stress uh, that comes from that that kind of amplifies loneliness in that sense because. Yeah. Yeah, it, it me, totally me. does, especially because yeah. you're going to be like, you could be at a job five to 10 years. So like you, the longer you're at a place or in a state of life, you feel more obligation and more responsibility to kind of keep that going. But a lot of the time you get into the routine of that kind of personal, but also a work relationship, or you have something that brings you together like a hobby or something and so it stays cordial in a sense of like you never go beyond a certain point in that relationship getting into the deep stuff 
Um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's almost like you get friend zoned there in a way. Does that make sense? Like you don't get you don't get the best friend. You get you just stay friend. Yeah, exactly. You just, your conversations and everything you want to do beyond that doesn't really get beyond that. I've had no. the pleasure of having deep conversations with some of my coworkers, which is rare. Um, but it's also because I kind of just welcomed it. And we have the workspace to do that. You know, we have an open workspace where tend, we tend to be like working on machines together and have a, like a podcast that talks about good stuff. And we pause it every now and then to talk about other things. But I've never had something like that before. And I couldn't imagine like doing that at a cubicle or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Like there's, there's just no way. <laughs> Not in an office setting. Definitely. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like for me in my office setting, it is, you, it's very difficult to break through that level of depth with with your conversations and friendships at work and um and i think that's the case for a lot of people so then you think about that you have the fact that you're at work for 40 plus i mean in my case right now it's like 50 plus hours a week right and so you don't have a lot of time left in your week and then on top of the additional obligations with people it seems like the time that's left and the time that you have to maybe actually have deep conversations with people or Late to others in a way that would would prevent loneliness is like so limited it can it can you know not be enough yeah so um i just kind of curious um i'll start first uh caleb you kind of started a little bit on it but um i wanted to see like when do you feel like you actually have time for things so for me for instance uh, uh most people in my circle knows that i work 40 plus hours a week. Uh, it used to be 60, but lately it's been cut back. Um, usually 40 hours per week, so Monday through Friday. And then the weekends is when I actually have time to do stuff. And during those weekends, is my hobbies is usually um, either that or talk to my friends or do things with my wife. That is my choice right there. <laughs> That's what I have time for. Because otherwise, on the weekdays, it's pretty much I get home from work and I basically have dinner, go to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I have two days out of the week to do stuff. Um, yeah. That can be discouraging. So what about you guys? I think I, I'm in pretty much the same boat. Monday through Friday, um, recently it's bled into my weekends. And that's kind of the other issue is I might have like an hour on a weekday where I, I have to actually maybe do something of like hobby related or unwinding. Um, and because like it's not it's not like we when we were in in high school or college where you had like actual six block chunks that you could actually do whatever you wanted. Now it's like you have 45 minutes or something that you can do something. And that doesn't seem enough a lot of the time to actually do something. Um, so it feels so disjointed and um Weekends are typically when I, I spend, you know, my time uh, with my wife or with family. And, and those are the kind of things that keep me uh, grounded. Um, so, Defer, what about you? I think it's probably the similar and similar for uh, like most people. But I, also for me, that is one thing that is kind of keeping me uh, less social is the, the feeling of that I need to be done with the things I find important. So usually that's a project that I'm working on before it was privately, but now it's through work. And if the project isn't done, say it's an event in two months, I always have that feeling that I have to finish it before I can talk to people, uh, which is not very, not very healthy, but uh, that also leads to the part of like, okay, when it's done, I can start connecting with people. So 
mostly the the weekends for me is just kind of okay i need to just re uh, like take care of myself so i can attain that goal so then but the problem is that there's usually another goal after that one <laughs> so it, it you know it doesn't want i don't want, yeah in in that sort of way and i think um i think it probably it's like that for most people as well but it's just how about like how you cope with those um uh, those cycles and uh, i think a lot uh, like people that i know of more are way better of prioritizing in that sense because it all comes down to like how you prioritize that little time that you have left and uh, i think with the you know we're uh, like beings of habit uh having a structure and like ritual for everything we do at work and usually also like for us three competitive games and things like that uh it, it's it's hard to go with outside of those boundaries um and i think the isolation the physical isolation that we're all kind of experiencing right now is forcing us outside of those boundaries uh like pretty much, you know, stay at home. So you can't really do those rituals or habits that you have. Uh, and that leads us into new places, which is very scary for a lot of people. Um, and uh, I, I think that's, that's also a source of why people are going to feel lonely because they usually the answer will be to talk to someone in real life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but you can't. Exactly. So that's uh, that's one of the things uh, that I think is going to affect uh, not just myself, but everyone else. But uh, yeah, I agree. And I think we're kind of I think one, we're kind of getting into what we wanted to try to do, which is maybe answer the question of what can we do to counteract this and like find peace. And I think that I think that for all of us and for hopefully what what we might be able to you know, maybe instill in listeners is that it, life is going to get busy and it's going to get crazy and you're not going to have that much time for yourself as you're going to find as you, as you grow older, but making sure that that time is spent in a way that, that helps you in, connect with other, other people, either your, you know, significant other or your family or your friends or your project, something that, that gives you that connection because, uh, you know, humans, you, you, we, we can't be isolated. Like we're just going to go crazy. Like we want validation from other people. We want to have others that understand us. Um, so the things that you can do to really help yourself is find ways that you can, you can connect to others um, with your free time. And right now it's going to be even more difficult. You know, it's going to be like, you're going to be alone. You're going to be at home. You're not going to be able to go out to, to a lot of the things you're used to. And that's going to mess up your habits. And I think that while I think a sense of purpose, like like the lack of purpose might exist now um, as well with like work being canceled for people, I think the pervading issue is going to be loneliness. And, you know, call your family, call your friends. Um, I think that those are some tangible things you can do. And I, I would say... Now more than ever, you know, I think we've kind of gone around this topic, but the fact that we always try to put our best foot forward and we don't like to show vulnerability with pretty much anyone, you know, like we, we want to try to act like we have it all together. But, you know, right now, hey, no one's going to have it together, like especially now more than ever. Don't be afraid to maybe be more vulnerable with with your friends or your family or tell people 
um, your struggles. And it's not easy because there's a chance that, you know, people might use that against you or you're opening yourself up for criticism. But in the long run, you know, the, that can form the type of friendships or relationships that, that can get you through life. <laughs> Absolutely. Talk beyond the surface. That's a, that's a key issue and key thing for me for actually keeping a lot of friendships is uh, I find myself, you know, beyond small talk. Um, I can't really talk to people as far as like, if it's just small talk. Um, so like, I guess for people out there, like I think talking beyond the surface, talking about your vulnerabilities and stuff like that, that will definitely move things forward. At least uh, making you feel more sane. Absolutely. I agree. hundred <laughs> percent. I think it's a good opportunity, actually. It sounds strange because of how horrible everything is in the terms of the situation, but it's a good opportunity to actually uh, try to kind of connect with people and put yourself out there that, you know, one, one of those initial good things about the internet that people wanted, you know, you can connect with people online and you can try to uh, go beyond the surface level. Uh, I think um, the, I, one issue that I would see with that, like going f further, like if people get used to that and expect to have that connection that you have uh, with people when you meet re in real life, uh, that's going to make it difficult. Uh, but uh, actually trying to see that everyone is in it together is something that can open up doors and connections to new people or people that you couldn't, you felt like you really couldn't talk to them before. Yeah. Uh, in that sense that you only had that uh, kind of invisible wall that you couldn't really breach through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really think that um, besides uh, being also aware of <laughs> that it's not ideal, I think it's one of those things of, you know, you said feeling more uh, or being more honest and more vulner vulnerable in that sense is that also being honest to yourself that it's not ideal and uh, if you can live with that and understand that and understand that you're not at your peak uh, mm -hmm. it also kind of lowers the barrier of okay I'm too proud of myself to maybe ask a stupid question or yeah, reach yeah. out to someone that you might think it's a bit awkward you might feel that it's awkward but when you try it's gonna be probably more successful than you think because everyone else is also in that awkward spot right now so at yeah. least you can kind of relate to each other more maybe even more than you could before in that sense so i think it's a really good uh, opportunity to kind of get that initial connection um, yeah. but also not trying to expect it to like be what you will have for the rest of your life in that sense, at least with what the tools we have right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree. And I think one of the things we wanted to maybe talk about, we're, I think we're going to try to try to wrap up the episode in, uh, shortly, but we had mentioned kind of sharing, and I thought it'd be useful for listeners for us to maybe share an experience that we can think of where we had like either an intense lonely period or, um, you know, something that we went through that we, we felt particularly lonely and maybe what caused that. And um, I can I can start off with this uh, one because I'm trying to think there's there's been several periods. I think like 
partially, I think one of them was the the couple months when um, so I moved in, moved out from my parents' house um, in preparation for getting married. Um, like in 2018 in June. So I was living in an apartment by myself for like a month and a half before I got married. And that was like the period of intense loneliness because I had started my first full-time job. So I was no longer in university. I was starting my first full-time job. So I was working 40 plus hours at an office that I didn't know. And I would come home and I would like cook dinner or something. And then I would just be sitting there like, wow, all right. Uh, so this is my life now. And it was just, it was like, it was isolation. And it was also just the feeling because so many friends had started moving away from this area. And there were very few people that I could actually like actually interact with in person. And it's just that feeling of everyone starts moving different directions in life that you don't have many people anymore that you can relate to. And that was like a particularly lonely period uh, for that, for me. Um, and I guess that's something you could cope with in the end i mean i I don't want to make it too depressing if it's (laughs) no no it 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 was you know i think i think i've sort of learned that you know i might not as you get older there's maybe not that many people that you can relate to at a very deep level but i think i've been able to find those people in my life that i can and it's helped me immensely and i talk to them regularly and that's helped me not feel very lonely and it is something that I think I was able to, to cope with. And then there was a period, um, my wife's brother uh, had, a, had a medical diagnosis and he was in the hospital for like three weeks. So she ended up spending about half of her time with, with me in Ohio and then also uh, her other half in PA helping them out. And that was another period where like I was alone a lot of the weeks. And I think I did a lot better then because um, I, I had figured out like the people that I need to keep in regular contact with calling my my parents even on a, on a pretty regular basis because I I have those people that I can relate to at a, at a deeper level on that I could talk to regularly and that really helped um, so yeah uh, I guess good here yeah um, so I don't know maybe defer what was for you what has been like a, an experience that you've had yeah so I uh... It's uh, maybe something that has a bit defined me the last few years, but uh, when I came back to Sweden, I, I was alone and waiting for my uh, significant other for in total two years. Um, and uh, so we had a visa process uh, that took yeah, for those two years. And for me, it wasn't really anything that um, like uh, physically blocked me from being with other people. But since I was so kind of waiting for this process to finish, um, I, I, in the beginning, I think I actively isolated myself uh, to the point where it was hard for me to actually interact with other people. I was very social before that, which I think is a good um, thing to kind of admit is that you can be really social and then you can, like it can disappear and it can come back. It's mm-hmm. not like a black and white in that, I feel. But yeah. uh, I mean, I was on stage doing some stand-up stuff in Japan. And then when I came home, uh, I didn't meet people for several months uh, outside of work. I was just going home to my apartment. And I, as you said about that moment of, you know, cooking food for yourself, I like I <laughs> I didn't uh, switch out the light bulbs in my apartment. Uh, and it it's can become really dark in Sweden. <laughs> so I just I, I literally like 
cooked food for myself in the dark and just sat there by myself with like no screen or anything um and that that kind of way of that was me trying to isolate myself to kind of cope with that loneliness because i was not with my significant other the issue that arose from that was that it stayed intact so when she finally came here uh, it was difficult for me to actually reach out to people again because now i felt that in my head i've had this blockade that was let go i can now connect with people right and then I said that to myself, and then, you know, I looked at some lists and uh, my friends' lists, and I'm like, who am I supposed to talk to? Uh, <laughs> it sounds stupid, but, uh, and I think one of the initial uh, things that I tried, speaking of like habits and rituals and stuff like that, was going to a local Smash tournament that I had with uh, uh, some, um, what is it? Not, not, I guess they're friends, but, you know, like kind of, acquaintances or, or. Yeah, acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, I think that was when I realized that uh, I, I can only connect with people through these like rituals. Like, why am I not just doing it like I used to do? Um, and when I kind of admitted that to myself that, oh crap, I'm just, I'm just being with people when I'm doing some sort of ritual, like playing smash with people. Um, that kind of was one of the parts that led me to, okay. Okay, it's I have to change this behavior, kind of a wake up call. Um, and it's it's still an ongoing process. I'm still trying to be more social, but I think um, certain circumstances isolated me actively, and then I got kind of stuck in those. Um, uh -huh. But it's also up to myself to kind of break loose from those. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm glad to hear that. I think that you know throughout our discussion, you kind of explain and sort of show that you you are working through that and it, and it is it's not like it, it that's it is weird because life events like that like waiting on a visa process or something it can instantly change your experience and how much you interact with other people or who you interact with and then it's it's like you know i think throughout your life you're going to experience droughts of of like not having a lot of interaction with people and then you're going to have periods where you're seeing a lot of people and it's it's always a constant struggle to try to figure out what you need to be doing so that you don't fall into like a pit basically <laughs> yeah so sure. uh, yeah so radio for you what has been an experience that you've had it's been a while but um i used to always hate winter um before i met yep. my wife and um whenever it came to um living alone i well, first, I graduated, and as soon as I graduated, I got an apartment with a friend, a new friend, right? And, um, you know, I thought I was making new connections. I was trying to get out in the world and do things, right? And maybe about a month in, that friend left the apartment, so I still wanted it. I'm by myself. And I found myself in a difficult place because I couldn't pay for things, and... When I mean by things, I mean by I couldn't have gas, uh, natural gas, to heat my apartment. And uh, every night, I would still have electrical, right? Like, I still had power. And I remember <laughs> being on the kitchen floor, because that's where I would set up, because I didn't have any um, heat, right, at night, and it's cold. <laughs> and thank God I wasn't further up north, because that'd be awful. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, this could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, sitting there at night, 
and you have the oven on so you could turn on the heat right um that's how you heated the the place up was with the oven you just turn that sucker on max and uh i eventually would just like have this little routine where i instead of moving my my bed out i would just get some couch pillows and just like call it a day and put them on the floor right so you know it took me a while to go to sleep every night so every night i'm thinking you know my friends know about this my family knows about this like i'm very open i'm an open book and i'm i have no problem telling people this and but i'm still thinking to myself like how difficult it felt being alone at night and knowing that people know this and i feel like not that i expected or wanted this but i wish there was more i don't know i just i felt like i wish there was more connection to those friends and people that i could get some sort of help i guess and i felt like i was really struggling for at least a solid year and a half there doing this and um Honestly, um, moving different places. I eventually just got out of that place and I took a risk and I was homeless for a couple of days, whatever. Um, that was a little tough. Um, and then I finally moved in with what would be my future wife uh, eventually. Uh, we were friends at the time and she saw that I was struggling one night. And this is what this was kind of what broke me a little bit. Um, I would. I didn't have a license. I had. I rode on a bike to and from work every day, um, and that's just how I did things, right? So you're thinking every morning and night, rain or shine, you know, this is this is what it's like. And finally, um, one of my tires blew out, and that's how I met her. Uh, actually, met her. Like she offered me a ride home. Um, oh. My first conversation with her, and I was just like, "What? No, you don't know me." I could be a creepy dude. No, it's not happening. She kept, per- <laughs> she kept persisting. Oh, this is a person that I did not know. Yeah. And they were wanting to do so much. And she's at the time she saw where I was at and she's oh. like, why don't you just, no, why don't you just come over to my place? It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's really and, um, that kind of, that kind of broke me a little bit because I was just like, you know, you had, you had like, that much human compassion basically like at once yeah it's like like after after especially a a period of time where you're like in such a a state of loneliness and distress having someone do something that kind and just like purely like compassionate is is mind-blowing and it it does break you i feel like yes and one one last thing i do want to touch on is uh, i looked back on the situation and i thought to myself you know you weren't truly alone because when i think about it for me for me i wasn't um i still had my parents i still had people i could go to and turn to but i didn't because i was focused on the group of friends that i was trying to build connections with and thought they were there for me exactly yeah and then a lot of times those those can fall through and it's just kind of made me like think a little bit about like be spatially aware of what you do have and what really does matter yeah yeah i agree well that's I mean, that's that's really quite a perfect thing to say. And I, I think in conclusion of, of our episode, like thank you both for, for sharing, you know, some struggles that you've had um, and, and 
you know, coming on. Uh, Defer, thank you for coming on the show to talk about this this topic with us. Um, absolutely. Um, so, for for our listeners, we are. All, I'm going to include some links to a few sites in the episode notes um, that we found on sort of like combating loneliness. There's like a crisis text line, I think, for the U.S. Um, there's also a website currently that is on. It's called virusanxiety.com and it's about COVID-19 um, specifically. And it's like t- it, there has a, a section about loneliness um, that people are going to be experiencing because of this virus and having to stay home more. Um, and, you know, we just want to stress to our listeners, um, you can reach out to us as well. Um, we're, we're open to, to trying to help and, and talk to our, our guests or sorry, our, our listeners and, and even our guests defer if you need help. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. And I just also wanted to stress that if you have a story about loneliness or anything that we've discussed personally on the show today, um, send us a message on Twitter or email us at wholetransmissions at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. And we would also, you know, we've even talked about this before, maybe having um, our listeners or their stories on a future episode that, you know, we thought could, could help some people out. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening to our episode today. Um, we will certainly be doing more topical episodes throughout the season with other returning guests, possibly. And we're not, you know, for where the show is going in light of COVID-19, um, we're still going to be releasing episodes like normal. And I'm sure that the pandemic will impact what we maybe talk about. But ultimately, we're going to continue to try to help people through our show. And um, we'll see you next time. Adios. Wholesome Transmissions is hosted by me, Pineapple Freak, and Radio. Our producer is Radio, and our editors are Radio myself. Our logo is designed by Griffical, and our music is provided courtesy of Scrimps. People will hurt you, but don't use that as an excuse for your poor choices. Use it as motivation to make the right ones. Lecrae Moore. Having a structure, a ritual for everything.